0: Welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, where you will hear transformational stories, positive encouragement, and practical strategies to help you grow your mindset, reach your potential, live your dreams, and experience a purpose-driven, impact-filled life. Here's your host, Alan Blaine. All right, this is Alan Blaine, and I am fired up to interview our special guest today on Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast, Brian Covey. From once being a pro soccer player, yeah, you heard that right, professional soccer player, to now being the founder of Covey Holdings and the EVP at Revolution Mortgage, Covey is an authority in driving consistent results and building high-performing teams by mastering the art of winning and cultivating a championship mindset. From his day as a professional and D1 college athlete to his experience in recruiting, Managing and leading teams of over $1 with a B, per year, Brian knows what it takes to be successful and is part of several elite masterminds. These lessons are captured in his inspirational book called Conversations with Covey, as well as on his weekly top-rated podcast, The Brian Covey Show, which I think actually has been updated, and we'll get to that in just a second. Brian speaks nationally to organizations and helps mortgage leaders with an innovative based culture, encouraging them and their teams to dominate in their field with integrity and a competitive spirit. Love that. Brian's vision is to empower leaders to continue growing no matter where they are in their career. In addition to being the founder of Covey Holdings and the EVP at Revolution Mortgage, Brian has mastered the art of a growth mindset, balancing a strong family life with his job, fitness, mentorship programs while teaching these skills as a leader to his team, his social audiences, and throughout his keynote speeches. Brian, welcome to the Life's Hard Succeed Anyway podcast. You ready for this? Oh, Alan, I am ready, man. I'm glad we connected. And thank you. It's always an honor to get to share,
1: you know, as you're talking through all that stuff. I mean, those are all like cool accolades. That's great. But I know we're going to unpack, like, how did we get to those points? Because it doesn't happen. It's not a completely
0: linear path to success. And we all know that. So I'm excited to dive in and share some of that with the audience. Well, oh, I'm excited to hear it. And, you know, I've shared for our audience a little brief overview of who you are, but if you could take us back and bring us up to speed on how you became the SVP at Revolution Mortgage and a pro soccer player and just kind of where you are today.
1: Surely, like, you remember being a little kid and I had dreams, probably like everybody. You know, you want to be the firefighter, you want to fly a fighter jet, right? And you want to do all these kind of cool things. Yeah. And for me, I started on the soccer field. I had an older brother that was five years older. I had one of my first coaches, Kyle Rote Jr., who played with Pele. So if you keep up with soccer, you'll know those names. And I fell in love with sport and competition and just really, you find a lot about yourself when you're competing. And so through soccer, played basketball and football, what I realized is, soccer became my passion later middle school through high school it's like okay i've I've got to pick one of these soccer was my jam and i tell everybody, the reason why i loved it it was fast-paced there's a team of 11 people competing it's another 11. you play lots of different positions no game is ever the same and you had to not only be a great athlete and be able to run but you also had to have like agility i played goalkeeper and so you had to then have the mental fortitude and fitness there to move through and i tell everybody is this really for me, kept me out of trouble, um, which I know a lot of us, like I was getting into the wrong groups. I was hanging out with some of the wrong people. And soccer was always that anchor to come back to. It was like, man, I don't want to like let down my parents. I don't want to let down my team. I want to be a great athlete. And that carried me through college. And really my story, you guys will hear that I made it to all these places, but I want you to hear this too, is there were numerous people telling me I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't good enough. You're not going to play on a D1 team. You're not going to be at a top 25 school, much less all that. Then it moved on, you're never gonna play professionally and all of that stuff. And I've just been somebody driven. I was built, I say from those years, people tell me what I couldn't do. It's probably one of the number one drivers for me today that I've been able to turn that into fuel. It's almost like they say the chip on your shoulder. And I've had that and I still have it today. If people say you can't do something, why not? Why not me? And I've embraced that to help me through adversities and challenges. Why not me? Why not go ahead and move forward and take on that challenge? i love it so you said you were a goalkeeper in college and then even professionally that was the position that was the one i say it chose me i was a field player and goalkeeper and then about my sophomore year i was able to train with the u.s national team and some really cool stuff there but i was chosen as a goalkeeper on higher teams i was getting selected for things So i was like okay maybe i'm not the field player and so i moved into goalkeeper full-time so are you tall no five nine i was one of the shortest goalkeepers one and D one, but also professionally, there were probably only four that I know that were six feet or under very uncommon. And you know, I talk about that a lot is working with what you're given. Yeah. I mean, you know this, Alec, I can't change my height.
0: Nope.
1: That's not something I can go out and work on in the field or with a coach. And so working with what you have, you, know, you see that in basketball and football, you see these athletes, you're like, man, they don't fit the prototype. What's great about that for everybody listening is whatever you're wanting to do, if you don't fit that mold, doesn't mean that that can't be you. And you break that
0: mold, you become the one that does it. I love it. Great advice right there. So you played D1 college. You said you played professionally for a while as well. Tell us about that. And, and then basically how you got into the mortgage business.
1: Oh my goodness. I was fortunate D1 going to play University of Memphis. And i had actually signed at University of Connecticut. I was going to UConn and the coach retired. Funny how life throws you turns like this. And I, and I look back now and it was the greatest blessing ever is the coach there had been watching us, he knew my family, my family was in Memphis. And it gave me again, another anchor point of like, I've got the stability, so I don't go off the rails going to college and, you know, all the things you have to do there very easily. I had several friends that were great athletes, they went to college, they couldn't balance the school load and the commitment to play. And they just fell off and quit. Well, for me, staying at Memphis was huge because it gave me a chance my freshman year to start. And I had to fight for it. I even passed out Basically they do strength and conditioning. You've got training through the day. And I remember one of the later practices and you can imagine Memphis in August, hundred degree, probably 110 heat index. I was training so hard to earn that spot. I ended up passing out. They had to give me two IVs. If that tells you anything about like my competitive spirit, like just a fighter, but I knew I didn't come in as the tallest goalkeeper. I didn't come in as a freshman guaranteed a spot or much less anything there. And so I fought for the spot. I was able to play four years. I share that with you because I just want you to know, like that wasn't like I walked in and got to play and like it was given all these lessons that I've learned where you got to show up, but you also have to compete and fight. So then same professionally, I'd gone out, I trained a little bit with the Colorado Rapids and then I was picked up by what's kind of like, I would say AAA baseball is probably the easiest way to relate it. It was called the A-League, it's USL now. And Nashville, where I live now, actually called me up, said, hey, we want you to come out and train. I'll never forget trying out, the rainy, muddy, not the best weather for a goalkeeper playing in soccer. You're like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm going to come out here. Went well. They ended up picking me up, and I was able to start for that team. And that gave me tremendous experience of the year. I was going to sign back for a second year. But ironically enough, I had told my parents, I'm going to finish my degree. That was my promise is I'm going to finish this. And so I came back and finished it, went to a recruiting fair just to kind of test the market. Well, Alan, no one would hire an athlete who all I really had was sports background. I'd worked a little bit in retail. I'd coached. I'd done like little things, but I had no experience. So no one would hire me. But one company that was in financial services, and I'd studied business and marketing, Wells Fargo Financial said, we hire athletes. We train them. We will make sure that you're a winner. And I'm like, that's me. Like, hire me. So I took the chance because you could probably imagine professional sports at that time, they don't pay much, right. It is a life on the road. It is not glamorous. It's not what you see on TV with some of the elite players. And so I made a conscious choice of, okay, I can stay in play or I can go pursue this dream and fuel what I believe is the next chapter of my life and go attack this business world and figure out like, can I do this? And again, it was back to people wouldn't hire me. So I almost wanted to prove I'm going to go get a job somewhere and I'm going to show all these people that didn't hire me. You should have hired me. You missed out. And so Wells Fargo Financial did that and stayed there 13 years. I never would have thought I'd been in mortgage. 22 years later, mortgage, real estate, all the things now has just been such a blessing to learn things about entrepreneurship and business in the relationship.
0: I'm very grateful for all of that. And you've had a tremendous amount of success, which is no surprise based on who you are as a person, what you learned from a child and all through the sports. What would you say has been a key, one of the keys to your success? You know, I was blessed. My father is a psychologist and
1: the mental side, I don't think it's talked about enough of mental toughness, right? Like just mental fortitude. When people get knocked down, a lot of times we stay in the space. And I've been guilty of that too. If something doesn't go our way, we don't get that job. We get fired from the job, whatever it might be. And you just stay in the space for a while. I think what I have learned about myself is I've gotten knocked down enough that I've realized the quicker I can get back up and just get back in the game. That could be from an injury, right? I've torn both ACLs. I tore my bicep a couple of years ago. Like I've been through real stuff. And there's times you don't want to get back in the game. And I think for all of us, it's making that choice to say, I'm going to take an action over what my feelings are telling me. And I've just realized that for me, every time I've gotten knocked down is I'm always thinking just what's that one next action? If you don't get the job, who are you calling next to get an appointment to get that job? If a client doesn't say yes to you and you need to go make that sale? Are you willing to pick back up the phone and make the next call? I've had it happen tremendous amount of times recruiting people to our team. We call it attracting the right people, but people that don't select our team. And if you're going to get knocked down every time somebody doesn't select you or says no to you, it's going to be a hard life. And I've just realized keep moving forward. I think that resiliency is the word that I use quite often is just in the face of adversity or even in the face of the unknown. I'm willing to go test myself every day, not just in a workout but strategically investing in places that there's tremendous risk. I could lose our money. They might not all work out like I think. We might hire people or start a business that doesn't work. Being able to get in that situation in the game and realize we're going to figure it out. That's, I think,
0: afforded me opportunities and been a competitive edge throughout my life. I can see that, Brian, 100%. What would you say is the key to having that? Just to peel the onion one layer deeper you know, fortitude and bouncing back up when you get punched in the face and facing what people would call rejection or fear of rejection, the things you just described, like how were you able to continue to do that day after day, week after week, year after year to get to the level of success where you're leading teams of over a billion dollars a year? Is it your vision or what was it that allows you to continue to do that? Well, I
1: would start with this for everybody
0: that's listening invite you to consider
1: Building that resiliency is like a muscle. If you don't work out for a year, what's gonna happen to your muscles? Atrophy. Atrophy. They're not as strong as they were before. Like we know that. So I want you to think about that. And if you're not doing things every day that are challenging yourself, if you're not doing things every day that are pushing you outside of your comfort zone. For example, I started a podcast when I wasn't ready. I was scared to death, didn't know how to do it. I got some people to help me, still learning, right? So you can relate to that. 100%. Started speaking on stages when I was so nervous and still to this day, still nervous and working through some of that. I started investing in companies and other areas that I wasn't really ready for. And I share all those with you because those are actionable items that we can do every day. Now, I'm going to go a step further because the audience, I will tell you, for me, this has been a secret to my success, and I share it often, is I'm big into the fitness side. I just think when your fitness is right, there's a mental component to working out. And what I have decided, this is just, again, a mindset shift that I'd invite you to consider for yourself is when you go do workouts, do you invite in what we call the pain cave? Can you put yourself in a place on a regular basis that's uncomfortable, that you don't know if you're gonna be able to finish a workout, you don't know how you're gonna get through it, you're probably gonna wanna quit. Be real. Like there are days I go into workouts and I'm like, There's a moment in that workout that I'm just like, dude, I could stop right now. No one's going to care. Maybe no one's going to know. This is when you build the muscle. And so if you want to improve in this area, this is to me tied to confidence. And it's doing what you said you would do long after your feelings changed. It's showing up when you don't feel like it. It's making extra calls when you don't feel like it. When you can move into that place, I will tell you from experience, it's hard in the beginning. Like there are battles with myself, the self-talk, and I go back and forth. But I can also tell you on the other side of it, just like learning any new skill, learning a new language, building a muscle, and getting better. I can remember when I started CrossFit ten years ago, Alan. I just thought about this: is I couldn't do a muscle up, I couldn't do handstand push-ups, I could barely lift barbells. And mind you, I was a professional athlete, right? right. All these things I couldn't do. I went in and picked up something that was challenging to me, and ten years later, I'm still improving. I'm still working to get better at some of those movements. And so where in your life can you add these areas that are going to put you outside of your typical comfort zone, inviting a coach in, going to masterminds, showing up to things that you're like, I know I need to do it, but I'm not doing it today. That's the blueprint. And that's the roadmap for you to build the muscle that I believe is going to help you build resiliency and be even more successful than you probably ever dreamed of
0: so good brian so good i love that so many of the points you just made is what i shared two weeks ago on a solo episode that i did i'm syncing with everything you're saying and couldn't be in more agreement you touched on something earlier you you talked about some challenges and injuries and such i always love to ask our guests you know what was one or more of the bigger life challenges that you faced? Just in an effort to encourage everyone that, hey, everyone, no matter if they're leading billion dollar sales teams and hosting very successful podcasts like you're doing and all the other things you're doing, the speaking, the coaching, all the things, the mastermind, we all have challenges we had to overcome and we'll continue to. So I love asking this question, but what is one or more of the more substantial challenges you faced up to this point?
1: We've talked a lot about sports. I mean, you guys can probably relate to the injuries, but I'll give you one that to me, actually resulted in one of my biggest breakthroughs, but in the moment was probably one of the biggest heartbreaks that I had. And you know, all my life I had been trained and conditioned that if you perform well, you get more playing time. If you perform well, you get selected for the team. And I was part of an organization and I had someone really close to me, a mentor and a boss that actually came to me. And the first time in my career, like, Brian, you're not a fit for this team. Mm. you don't fit the vision for where we're going you don't fit the culture you're just kind of outside like we're not sure that you fit us and that was one of the hardest things to go hold on am I getting fired am i losing my job like what does that even mean and trying to process all of that when hold on but we're we're the top group in the company like the results are here and I'll tell you as I went through that I was reading extreme ownership at the time perfect timing and it forced me, and I don't want to speak ill, but anybody that's been there, you've been betrayed by somebody that you put trust in. You've been in a situation that you just can't rationalize it. You go, but I did all of these things that I was told to do. The deal, life isn't always fair. Right. And I had been conditioned through sports and all these things. like, And if you achieve and you, you're successful, like that's, that's how you get rewarded. That's how you get opportunities. And the first time in my career, I'm looking going, but I did all these things and it still didn't work out. And so being betrayed and losing trust, I realized, one, when people say your family is the most important thing, a lot of us in business, I was guilty of putting the business before my family. And I might have tried to balance it, said my priorities were one way or the other. That was the first thing that I realized is, man, any given day, any of us could have that happen. You could own the business. It could go bankrupt. It doesn't matter where you are. Things can happen to you. Do you have your heart and your time and your priorities aligned right? And it was an opportunity for me to realign those. And I realized nobody cares more about my family and my wife and my kids than me, right? My job is to provide for them. And so through that, what I really learned was I wasn't even being true to myself in the sense of that was a reflection of, hey, you don't fit here. Reality is, yeah, I don't fit there. I need to go do something different that I'm not just tolerated. I'm actually celebrated for my uniqueness. And I recognize all of us, we are unique. And if you're being tolerated somewhere and people aren't celebrating you for your uniqueness and what you bring and those different ideas, those different values that you may have, you're in the wrong place. And you need to make a choice before someone else makes it for you. And so I realized that. And I remember my wife saying this, I was brought up, you know, Alan, thinking my mom retired after 30 years working for the city. One place, one place. I just thought, Okay, you go to one company, you go there. I was my first company 13 years, but that's how this worked. What I realized is there's seasons in life and you're there for a reason and you're there to learn and contribute. And if you do that to the best of your ability, probably not forever, anywhere for any of us anymore. Things change, people change, companies get sold, all these things happen. And that was the second lesson I learned is throughout all of that, I need to make sure I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm being the best, aligning with my priorities. And then the third I would tell you is when I started truly being me and showing up as full Brian and not holding back and trying to conform and fit in, my world exploded. We were able to build massive teams. I was attracting people in my life that I loved. I wanted to be around. And no longer was it this people-pleasing and almost charade of like, you got to appease these groups and these groups. Freedom that came from that was what I needed. And so that breakthrough, I'll share that I Yeah, it sucked in the moment. Like to try to figure out what am I going to do? What's happening Because that was a layoff. Was that a layoff you're describing? 100%. Here's what happened. They actually terminated me from the role, kept me on. And I won't go into all the details. But what I learned through that is they brought me back and I stayed for a short period of time. I need to take care. We had a newborn and all this stuff. But I knew I was never going back. Once that trust and those things are broken and... I'll tell you what I realized through that, Alan, is being let go and then coming back and learning how to swallow your pride and your ego and all the things there was also a very humbling journey. So that entire season, I think for me, was really preparing
0: me for, obviously, what I've been doing over the last several years and just thankful for it. Not in the moment. No, not at all. How old were you approximately when that all went down? This was mid-30s. Wow, we have that in common. Yeah, I was in my mid thirties when I got laid off from a job as well. Blindsided, different story, but similar. I was working for a builder and I'd asked him if I could build a home on the side. And he said, absolutely. If the job doesn't suffer, you know, go for it. Well, I got a better deal with an investor buying seven lots instead of one. So I bought seven lots and started building a home on the side. But when he found out that I owned more than one lot, He flipped a lid and decided that I wasn't a good fit for his company. And like you said, in the moment, married, six children, man, once single income gone, it felt like just the worst thing ever. But I can look back now, as you obviously have shared, you can too and go, hey, not only did I learn, not only did I grow, not only is an experience I can relate with others on that get in similar situations, but God used that to send me a whole nother direction and without it probably neither one of us would be where we are today doing what we're doing that's the blessing it is the blessing it is the blessing how about that 2008 before i jump into some other questions that 2007 2008 financial crash were you in the mortgage industry then
1: i was yeah and and so we had moved to florida i got in a promotion and i was in florida market was booming the few years before that we're originating tremendous amount of volume obviously everything's up 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 and you can probably do the math pretty quickly and realize we have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. So you can back into 07 and 08 is when our first two kids were born. Can you imagine? I, I go back and my wife and I will joke about this. is like, how did we get through that, right? And my job was eliminated through that season. I had to go back and take another job with this company. And so I share all that with people just to go, yeah, I've seen stuff that... I hope no one else has to see, but I was absolutely in the business. Taught us a lot that I've actually leveraged over the last five to seven years about real estate, about mortgage and trends, and truly understanding what the media oftentimes tells us is not the full story and context. And so I've made it, my mission is, how do we educate and inform people and really equip them on how to win in real estate over the long run? And so those lessons, you know, I'm thankful, because again, not everybody was in the business at that time and got to experience it. And oh, by the way, have two kids and figure out how to keep all of that stuff moving forward. That was a tough season as everybody remembers.
0: 100%. 100%. I was building. You were in mortgage business. I was building. I was a builder. So almost identical challenges that we both faced during that season. When you look back on the challenges now Brian and and there's others. I know you've shared with me others. And there'll be more in the future for all of us but how do you view them now i mean you view them as an asset you view them as a liability Do you glad you went through them you wish you didn't how do you view all that i look at it this way is they are lessons
1: right and so when you can shift your perspective to all of those it's easier to look back and i think about this one my mentor shared is brian you know there's a reason why in your car the rearview mirror is a lot smaller in the windshield right and you know it's kind of the old you got two ears and one mouth and you should listen more than you talk all that But I would invite everybody to really think about that and there's a reason why I think we're drawn to that but why it's also the truth and what I have learned through my experience is when you can be in a moment and realize one none of these have lasted forever they all had seasons they all had end dates they all had things that they learned and they also taught me lessons that had I not learned them many of them you can't acquire from someone like someone can't listen to this podcast and go wow Brian that's great about the 0708 crash and what you learned unless you experienced it and went through that, you wouldn't know the things that we were able to learn going through it in the trenches. Right. And now how I've adapted my investment strategy, how we are very focused on certain data trends to make sure that we're investing. Those are lessons learned from a period of time that we probably don't ever see again. But now we have those. Hopefully. I think we won't see that part again, right? For numerous reasons of how everything came together in that point in time. But I do look at it as, what are the lessons I can learn? And here's what I'm thinking is, You think about really wise people and and people that we seek for their mentorship. We want their experience. Think about how did they get their experience, guys? It wasn't winning every day. No, It was not showing up and going, yeah, I started five companies and all five companies were just magically six, seven, eight figure companies. That's not what happened. And so I think about, I wanna be that person. And what I've learned in my journey is the person that I'm able to serve is who I once was. And so I think God's given us that ability. Our pastor friend shared this here in Nashville of, you know, never let your influence grow wider than your character runs deep. Love it. I take all these lessons as they are opportunities, just like in soccer. When you get cut from a team, you don't get to play. You don't get to do certain things. Things don't go your way. You lose a game. Your character is everything. And your ability... For many of us, we want to impact people starting in our home but then moving out. And if you think about it that way, how you respond in adversity is revealing your character. It's a gift that God's given you to go, hey, these things are going well, but you know, here's what I promised you. Here's what my word says about this. Here's an opportunity for you to move closer to me or to realign the life that I've designed for you. That's what I would share with people. Again, not easy, not things, but the more
0: you've gone through it, and I know you have, The more I believe, and I know that to be true, hundred percent, hundred percent. If you could go back in time, Brian, and give your younger self at least one piece of advice, what would you give your younger self? Oh, so I'll give you a thirty thousand foot view, and I'll give you a very tactical. I had a, a lunch meeting yesterday. I'll share
1: that was really cool. I think for many of us, probably look back and there's things you'd want to change. What I've realized is hiring a coach sooner in my journey. I had great bosses, great leaders. I didn't really start investing in myself, like paying money for a coach, meeting regularly. Like now I meet every week with my coach and I've got a couple mentors as well. And I would put hiring a coach and being around certain masterminds that I've joined. And I talk about this often is you hear it, but I don't want this to be a cliche. Like you've heard the five people you're around and all that. Guys, I can tell you without fail, that has been true for me. Who is in my ear and who I'm listening to, whether it be podcasts or people in my life, that is the way that is going to conform and shape your thinking. They're influencing you, whether you realize it or not. If I could go back to my 20s, I would have invested more in myself strategically in a coach. Wherever I was, I use the rule of thumb now, getting very tactical. 10% of my earnings needs to be put back into my own personal development at a minimum. So, if you make $100,000 a year, $10,000 a year should be going at a minimum into your personal growth and your development. If you want more than that? I'll tell you, certain seasons, I've even seen 20% where I'm really looking for a breakthrough. I'm pushing to create a breakthrough. So, I would say those would be the areas coaching, masterminds, get involved in those wherever you are. And as you scale up in income, make sure you're scaling up in your development. The second one, I'll get real tactical with you guys. Since you've been in real estate, you know this side of the home building and, and mortgage and all of this. I was meeting with a gentleman yesterday he was in his 20s, and he was asking me about that, and I said, "You know, I look back from a tactical standpoint, is now what I know about buying your first home, and there's ways to buy, let's say, a fourplex, Buy FHA, three and a half percent down. live in one, rent out the other three. or you get married, you could have your fiance do that, right? And you could have two of those. I would have kept on to some real estate that I sold through the years because of short-term needs. I didn't have a long-term vision that was aligned up. And so I made short-term decisions that I look back now, even a property we sold about seven years ago, Alan, that you know this in Nashville, where I go, I couldn't find a renter. And I was too impatient to just kind of go through that process and do the work that was required. So tactically, what I shared with him was, I would set things up, With a financial plan that was built out for my future 15 20 years down the road versus thinking like the here and now and i've been the paycheck to paycheck on credit cards and borrowing and like i've been there what i'll tell you is those seasons don't last forever and having that longer mentality and using real estate to fuel that for your future when you look up in 15 20 years i still own some of those properties they'd be free and clear right and i would have someone paying Passive income type of revenue. And so tactically, I go there just because we can all do it.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love both of those. So invest in yourself younger, sooner, invest in yourself, coaching, masterminds, mentors, and invest in real estate. That's what I'm hearing. You're preaching to the choir. I'm heavily invested into real estate. It's my number two investment of choice. In fact, you mentioned my two favorite investments investing in myself and investing in real estate. So I I love that. By the way, Do you mind just sharing? You have one coach, multiple coaches, one mastermind, multiple masterminds. Can you give our listeners a picture of kind of what you've got going on?
1: Yeah, so this is a great question I get asked often. So I have one specific coach that's an executive coach that we meet every week. And we work through things. We call it a project design. And it's coaching from everything from I've got difficult conversations coming up with the team. I need to lead this new initiative. I've got a project over here that I need to work on to my personal brand. How do we launch this group coaching that's happening over here? You know, I'm looking to add someone to my team, help me go through their job description. I mean, it's anything and everything. Like nothing's off the table. It's very much an executive level where that's where I need the support is I'm growing into roles, not just as EVP at Revolution, but also running our company and our our holdings company. Things that I want to grow specifically as a leader. Right. And so that's very intentional. I'm also part of a couple of masterminds that are very intentional as well. One of those is six guys, and I'll just tell you, very faith-based, very much. We talk about family, we all are married with kids and all these things that are there. And it also has a big health component. One of the guys in there runs a large health company you would know. And so we're talking about those, but it is predominantly the anchor there is faith. And for me, I wanna be around other guys that like talk about Jesus, wanna promote Jesus, And they're going to live that way because that's inspiring. Again, it's back to when you're around people like that, that's what's going to be the fruits of what come out. I'm part of another mastermind that is much more networking, sales, marketing, all of those things. And I invest in that. We meet up every quarter and there's also calls. There's a great Facebook group and all of those things that are there. And then I'm in a very specific mastermind for mortgage. It's all about social media content, video content, networking with people with real estate and mortgage. And then over the last five years, I did hire a coach specific to recruiting and attracting the right people to our team that I then shared with others that are out there. So I've got all of those set up. And I would tell you, there are two people in particular that I can think of that I would call more mentors in my life that I can call before I make a big decision. They are in that circle that I call. I'm like, hey, when I made the move to revolution last year, guys, here's what I'm thinking. Help me break this down. My friend, Ken Jocelyn talks about this. You got to have your community, which is your large group that you're a part of. Those are those masterminds and people there. Move down to a smaller group, which is your circle. There's going to be people you can pick up the phone. They're going to return your text. They're going to call you the same day. It'll be a smaller group, but you're going to see them often. You're going to talk often. That's there. And then you got your corner. When you're making a big decision, big investment, something that's really important in your life, that's the few people you're going to call that you trust. And so when you look at them, those three groups, you need all three. You need to know who's in each camp.
0: hundred percent. And, you know, it's saying that it just reminds me of the Jesus model, right? He spoke to the masses, but then he had his 12. And then even within his 12, he had his three that yeah. he was even closer with. And really even within the three, he had his one. So I love that, by the way. What is your corner? Those in your corners, that one, two, or three, I think you were describing, but go go in reverse order. So you've got those in your corner. And then what was the other two levels that you called?
1: And you've got your circle, which is going to be bigger than that. And those are people you can count on. They're going to be there for you. They're people that you probably see on a regular basis, but they might not be the person you call for that really important decision. Maybe they haven't achieved success in that current area or what have you. And then you move out, the community is still very important, especially with social today. And I am very active and always looking for ways. How do you add value and serve the community that you've been given the opportunity to do that? And also, I want to serve them in a sense of some of my friends have built out communities. We cross pollinate is what I call it. Like we just share things back and forth, help each other.
0: I love it. I love it. What advice, Brian, would you give to someone else in the midst of their challenge right now? I mean, they're going through their 2008 or they're going through their injury as a pro athlete or they're going through whatever it is. It doesn't last forever. And perspective is everything. You hear people talk about, I think it was
1: Tony Robbins actually shared this years ago. And I really took it to heart was the story only has the meaning that we give to it. So if I look back on 07, 08, I look back to when... I got fired from that company. I look back to you when I got cut from that team, whatever it might be it happened. Story only has the meaning that I give it. When I tell that story and I look back on it, I have the ability and the decision and choice to make of what meaning do I give it? And you probably even heard today, like I still struggle with some of those things of what meaning do I want to give to that story? When you can give your story power It's going to fuel you to move forward of here's what I learned. Here's what happened. Yeah, it sucked in the moment, but this is what I learned. And every storm you think about, and and I've learned this, you probably heard the analogy with the buffaloes, right? And versus the cows, the buffaloes are the ones that when a storm is coming and you see that quite often in Nashville coming in, right? They are going to run into the storm because they know when they become part of that storm and they get through the other side, it's faster, which means for us, when you lean into that storm that you might be going through today or is coming, when you lean in, you get to the other side faster. When you put yourself on the sideline and you become like most people, unfortunately, and you just wait for the storm to pass, you wait for things to get better, you're gonna be waiting a long time, probably not gonna get the lessons. And so as I look at that and apply that to my own life is when storms come, whether you're in the middle of a workout, right? Like I use that just very practical, You're in the middle and you're doing a run or you're in a workout. The only way to get finished with that workout is to keep going, right? So think about that. If you're in a storm and you stop, you're going to be there a while. Yep. If you keep going forward towards what your goal, what your vision is, what you said you would do, what I have found is they don't last as long, and I also get to the other side. And there's something I've learned. There's something that's there that I can now apply and go forward into the future and. Look, for all of us, you might be the person that gets out of that storm and the lesson you learn might help someone else that's going to go through the same storm later. And so I've shifted my mindset here as well as those are gifts and blessings because someone, some reason, I'm going through that to then share with someone. When you can flip that and you're serving someone else now and you're thinking about other people, hard to think about other people, be grateful and also be sad and a victim. 100%.
0: That's some great advice. As we start to wind this down, Brian, you've just delivered a ton of value for our listeners. I'm super pumped to get this episode out, but just some quick kind of 30 second type responses, if you could, do you have like a favorite success quote for entrepreneurs or really just a success quote in general that you like or may want to share?
1: So I love the one that I shared about the influence and what's there. I'm going to use a verse that helped me get through college training and all of this. And it's, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I share that for entrepreneurs because everything you need is within you. It's already there. It's your job to tap into it, discover it, and then amplify what your uniqueness is and who God created you to be. And
0: so that's my go to verse throughout life. I love that Philippians passage and glad you said it because it fits so perfectly with the context of this whole podcast. And a lot of people don't kind of rewind a couple of verses before it to pick up that context where Paul's like, hey, It's not always when things are going great. It's when I'm hungry. It's when I'm getting beat. It's when this, that, and the other. And I still can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I love that. I love that so much. What would you say is one practical habit that has led to your success in life thus far at 42 years old?
1: Always be learning and growing. Every day. When you attack the day and you listen to a podcast, you read a book, you engage in a thoughtful conversation, right? and you put yourself in situations that you can learn and grow every day, you're gonna continually get better. And I've adopted this mindset of, it is truly progress over perfection. I'm a perfectionist, I'm guilty of that. I want things to go perfect. Yep. But when I look back, my life is really just a series of progress. There was never
0: perfection, right? And we'll only have that when we get to heaven and um, progress over perfection. That's a good word. What's one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received?
1: talking to my dad the other day. So we had Mother's Day and it was recent. I was just catching up with my dad and all that. And he was sharing some things with me that I don't normally listen to the things that come in. You read the notes and all that. He's like, you're really a messenger of hope in a dark time. And I think we are in a bit of a dark time, right? For sure. The best advice that he gave me was lean in on being the light. Lean in on being that person. And I think we can be both dark and light at the same time. I could go into that much deeper, but I'll just share this with you is what I took from that advice and obviously come from my dad is in a given day, you might be the only person that smiles at someone, gives them a compliment, says something nice to them and never underestimate the power of that interaction. Even like what we're going through today, we don't know who this is going to reach. We don't know who's going to listen. We don't know any of that stuff, but when you show up with positive intent,
0: and you're there to make someone's life better than when you saw them before that that's what life is about i love it what's one book that you could recommend to the life's hard succeed anyway audience i know you've written a book maybe you could tell us briefly about that and any other book that you might recommend as well the one
1: i read most recently that um, i'll give a shout out to to one of my mentors ed my and the power of one more man i would just tell you for me that one in this season has just been phenomenal i've recommended it to people i've reread it i've gone back to it and marked through it that one in this season i think has application for a lot of people just based on where we are and so i'd say grab that book read that one through and um, and make sure you grab a copy and then of course conversations with kovi that one was really birthed out of the podcast and it is 12 conversations designed to give you backstory on people that you'll probably find your story within there that they overcame adversity They had setbacks and struggles they never thought they would go through and things that you would never hope or imagine could happen. But what they go through is not only their inspirational story of how they came back to the other side and rebounded, but they give you the tactics. Because I'm always curious of like, what did you do in that moment? And what did you do for the next several seasons to work your way out of it? And then what are you doing today? And it's those lessons, almost mini TEDx talks that you can read one chapter or you could read them all. And they're all going to provide you with inspiration, hope. But also the tools to win at life, no matter where you are, no matter what level of success you're at or you want to go to, you'll find throughout that book, everyone's story has a very specific reason why we selected it and why I believe it's been inspiring people. I love reading the notes on it. Like when people tell me I read this and who's sure
0: I connected with, I'm like, man, that was the intent. Can't wait to get my hands on it. What would you say is your definition of success, Brian? So what's very cool
1: about this is I didn't have one years ago, and one of my coaches asked me, goes, hey, Brian, what's your definition of success? And I was like, you know, like making a lot of money, like getting a good dad, all that stuff. He goes, no, 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 let's, let's get into this. And so I started to write it out. I really simplified it down. You know, Alan, I was like, okay, what does it mean for me? And it's doing the things I want with the people that I want to be with when I want to do them. And for me, that encapsulates everything from my priorities to, am I earning enough to go do things that I want to do there? Am I getting time with the people that I want to do life with? That's freedom. And to me, those go together because success isn't going to be measured when I die and pass on the amount of money I made or the amount of the volume that our teams do or any of that stuff. Was I with the people I wanted to be with, doing the things I wanted to do when I wanted to do them? And that for me, It's just a guiding, almost lighthouse principle of
0: how I want to show up every day and how I want to live my life. I love that. Freedom, ultimately. Freedom to choose all those things. What excites you about the future when you think about it now? What I have learned over the last five
1: years is more than I could say I learned over the previous 10 or 15 in a short period of time. And so what I am taking from that, what gets me the most excited is, if that's what I could learn in five years, the amount of transformation that I went through in five years, now I'm more mature. Now I've learned more. Now what does that next five years look like? And then I'm looking at doors that God's opening for me that I never even thought possible. And that excites me because that adventure is something that really fuels like my fire. I go, okay, What's next? Like launching this group coaching, launching this one-on-one coaching. We did the book. I did the podcast. Like never thought I would be doing those things. So then I look and go, what's next? Just being obedient, being open to those opportunities. That's what excites me is I really see this going to a point where there'll be lives impacted because I decided to show up. I didn't put myself on the
0: sideline. I love it. Maybe I can just hire you as my double and you can go do all the interviews for me because I feel like you just speak in right out of my heart and head. I'm 90. eight percent of everything I've asked you, Brian. I love it. And I, I love seeing others excited about the future. And that's why I love asking that question. The future is bright. The future is exciting. How can our listeners contact you, connect with you, follow along on your journey? What's the best way?
1: Love it. So we're revamping the website again. It's a constant journey, but you right. can go to www.briancovey.com and you'll find everything from the podcast, the book, some of the coaching stuff I mentioned there, sign up for our newsletter and the blog, all of that cool stuff. You can go there. Or if you want to go, I'm on Instagram quite a bit, and it's the Brian Covey. Someone already had Brian Covey. So just put the T-H-E before it. You'll see the blue check, and you got that. Connect up with me, and I always share this out. If something's moved you, inspired you, given you some reason for hope, and you've listened to this, message me. I check those. I respond to
0: them, and I would love to hear how this conversation has really impacted you. I love it. I love it. And speaking of Instagram, I thought it was great. And you know this, Brian, but for our listeners, and it kind of ties back into coaching and mentorship and investing in yourself. I can say this, you know, now everyone's listening to this 40 minute long or whatever it's been interview and knows how well you speak. You're very well spoken. You're a professional speaker, obviously. And I loved this just funny story, how my daughter, our grown daughter, she doesn't know Brian and I know each other. And she forwards me an Instagram reel. And it's Brian with one of his, correct me if I'm wrong, but investing in your speaking, basically, and doing a thing about speaking on a reel. And she's forwarding this to me because she thought I would find value in it. And I'm sitting there looking at your reel, which I then forwarded on to you because obviously she didn't know we knew each other, but I just thought that was great. What a small world, right? It's
1: true. Check it out too. You know, when you walk the walk, you don't just talk about it. That is one of my mentors in my corner that I mentioned earlier that I actually pay and I go to courses and I have someone training and teaching me to get better at public speaking because you're right. Like, I mean, I look at where I am now and I'm like, okay, I've improved a lot, but I still got so much to learn and I, I invest in myself. It's no gimmick. Like guys, I'm on the same journey.
0: And you'll see that. I love it. I love it. Hey, I want to give you the last word. Any closing comment you might want to share with our listeners today, Brian? You know what I share? These moments for me leave you this one thing. And this has been impactful for me.
1: Our family talks about it in the Covey House is one kind of guiding principle. And it's love God and love people. If you do that every day. And you show up and love God. And you show up the way he designed you to be. And then you take that and love on people. You see yourself for who he created you to be and your uniqueness and your gifts you have, your experiences. Then you can really love on people and your purpose will start to expand and you'll start to find fulfillment in your life that you've probably been missing, like I was. And that is where I believe love God, love people. That's going to drive you towards greatness, success, fulfillment, all the things
0: that we're looking for. It's found there. 100%. What a great word to go out on, Brian. Again, I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on here and sharing your wisdom, your experience, and life lessons learned with our listeners. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Awesome. I appreciate you, Alan. And that's it for this week's episode. I hope you got something out of this one that will help you level up your capabilities, your mindset, and your life. If you did, can I ask you to share it with others? Here's how. Either leave a quick review on Apple or Spotify, hit us with a five-star rating if you feel it's deserving, or share it on your social media and please tag me. My social media links are in the show notes below this episode. That's the best way to get this work into the hands of others who can also benefit from what we're doing here. Until next time, friends, use your adversity to create your opportunity. Life's hard. Succeed anyway.